When you think of Schaumburg, Illinois, which we all do, what is it that strikes you first? Is it Schaumburg's famous giant malls, its park and ride, or perhaps that it's home to one of medieval time, quote, dinner theaters? Well, if you're like me, it's none of those things. Today, Undead to Me, I talk about anesthesia, childbirth, and menfolk deciding about the curse of Eve. So the Wood Library Museum of Anesthesiology is actually located in Schaumburg, Illinois. And for people unfamiliar with this sprawling exurb, it's far northwest outside of Chicago. And it really is just malls. Anyway, there's this little treasure the library and it's home to this incredible artifact which combines a few levels of creepy that I enjoy. It's a plaster cast of a newborn infant's head. So I have lots of questions about how it was obtained. I mean making a mold for that thing. Um, but I mean anyway the point is is that the bust shows pointy little blunted head after it's squeezed out of a lady's birth canal to illustrate the trauma of birth or as some dum-dums would like to say the beauty and miracle of birth anyway the cast was made on january 19 1847 by sir james simpson of edinburgh scotland it was made for a special reason, to commemorate the very first time that modern anesthesia was used to ease the pain of childbirth. Simpson was young when he started his medical career. He was 28 years old, and I mean, frankly, some of his older colleagues thought he was kind of snotty. But, you know, when Simpson started practicing, he used ether as an anesthetic in deliveries. But he started poking around to see what else might be out there because I guess it stunk and it tended to kind of hang in the air a little bit, which to me seems like a pretty decent trade-off to be knocked out while shooting a cannonball out your hoo-ha. So his experiments then moved to chloroform and chloroform was actually invented in the U.S. in 1831 by some dude. Simpson started using the chloroform in November of 1847 and he and some of his buds would sling up after dinner parties with a big old bottle of brandy and a big old bottle of chloroform and apparently word on the street back then was that Simpson would present a filled bottle not a brandy but of chloroform to his dinner guests to have a whiff. Even further word on the street was that the next morning, the party were all found on the floor unconscious. Now, I get it. Small town gossip, Edinburgh, although a city, you know, word got around, fabrications. I like to think that it actually happened that way repeatedly. But anyway, Scholars have uh, poo-pooed this sort of dramatic version of events, but, you know, the story illustrates the dangers of that discovery because that shit will kill you. 
straight up. I mean, you gotta break a few eggs, right? As his experiments continued, one neighbor and fellow doctor reportedly came around to his home at 52 Queen Street every morning to, quote, just see if everyone was still alive. Ah, that's nice. Neighbors. So eventually Simpson got the formulation right, and with some help from his assistants, who were also local chemists, over time the delivery method was improved. Instead of a whiff of fumes from a brandy bottle, doctors developed an apparatus that resembled basically a glass hookah with uh, long tubes attached to a mask. Later in the century, a soft flannel-covered metal-handled cup or pouch was placed over the nose and mouth of the patient. The doctor, hopefully competent, doled out the anesthetic drop by drop. Simpson was the first to discover the anesthetic properties of chloroform and soon began to use it to help women in labor. The medical community applauded his achievements, as did many women of childbearing age, as you might imagine. But also, as you might imagine, Scottish Calvinists were not so happy. Because as we all know, from Genesis 3.16, it's very clear on the matter of women suffering in childbirth as punishment for eating fruit from the tree of knowledge. For those who took this book literally, easing a woman's pain was blasphemy. Oh, side note here. Now, I think that this is illustrative of the kind of jerks that thought that women should suffer to squeeze out kids. In 1591, an Edinburgh woman named Euphony McElane, being unable to bear the pain of childbirth, asked her midwife to give her a pain remedy. King James VI was furious and ordered the mother to be burned alive as a warning to all of those who dare to evade the curse of Eve. Seems a reasonable response. Back to Simpson. Some of the reports from around the time he was messing around with his chloroform and relieving pain and stuff describe the divide between medicine and religion on this as an all-out revolt have been overblown by history. In general, it's fair to say the church wasn't thrilled about the use of anesthesia in labor. When Simpson introduced his discovery in 1847, the Calvinists once again touted it as a tool of Satan and... Pregnant women were threatened, um, warned, eh, threatened, that um, if they used this, quote, devilish treatment, the baby would be denied baptism. So, that seems nice. Simpson was expecting this outcry uh, because he was well-versed on the Bible. I don't know if this was just a sort of unwinding at home after a a long day at the office kind of pastime for him, or if he boned up on the Bible for just this fight. But in December of 1847, Simpson published an, quote, answer to the religious objections advanced against the employment of anesthetic agents by midwifery and surgery. It's a long title. He argued the meaning of the word sorrow could also be interpreted as toil referring to a woman's muscular efforts against the anatomical forces in the pelvis expelling the child. God, this is what it said. <sighs> Simpson used another verse of the Bible to defend his use of anesthesia, and it's the one where God 
knocked out what's his name to rip his rib out of what's his name to make Eve. Anyway, you know the story. So Simpson said that God had had mercy on Adam when removing his rib. Simpson contended that it was okay for a physician to relieve pain with anesthetic. But, I mean, the church was ready. That operation that Adam had, yeah, that was done before the curse of Eve was pronounced. So, curse stays. Simpson ignored the controversy and continued to employ chloroform in his practice. In 1853, Queen Victoria consented to use chloroform during one of her deliveries, and anesthesia subsequently gained a wider acceptance. But the most vigorous disagreements with the use of anesthesia, even within obstetrics, were from those who believed childbirth was a, quote, natural process, in which there should be little intervention. An obstetrician named William Smith claimed that, quote, Women were now free to choose between pain and poison, and I would like to invite William to choose pain over poison when he's faced with delivering a baby through his tiny little weenie hole. Until then, though. Public opinion, like I said, changed after Queen Victoria took chloroform. It was applied by Dr. John Snow for the birth of her eighth child, eighth Anyway, the Queen wrote in her diary, Dr. Snow, that was the guy's name, John Snow, not that John Snow, God, could you imagine? Anyway, Dr. Snow administered that blessed chloroform and the effect was soothing, quieting, and delightful beyond measure, she said. Her final child, Princess Beatrice, was also born with the aid of anesthesia. Clearly, she approved. Bitch has been taking care of business since forever. Anyway, Edinburgh is still proud of Simpson and of its special place in the history of anesthesia. I mean, these Scots are so jacked. For 31 years, they've been hosting an annual anesthesia festival where they have lectures on anesthesia, pain medicine, and for sure cocktail receptions private viewings of Caravaggio and recitations of the work of Robert Burns and bagpiping. 